following is a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network. It's time for the Believe in Ole Miss Podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Your home for Ole Miss sports. To be a part of the show, email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. And now, from the vault. To the pavilion, to Swayze Field. It's all Ole Miss, all the time. Here's your host, Brad Logan. And welcome into today's Believe in Ole Miss podcast right here on the Believe Network. Had a great week of podcast as we're one day closer to Ole Miss and LSU on CBS 2.30 kickoff. From Tiger Stadium, and the line has already moved again. As we record, it's LSU minus two. I mean, I know it's out there. I know it's probably happened before. I'd love to see a line that had a top ten team on the road against an unranked opponent. And like I said, it's probably happened. I just it's just not something that's very common to have that team favored. Now, looking ahead to Saturday, there'll be full coverage. From Baton Rouge, I'm excited to join Blake Levine on WJTV. We'll have a live Sports Zone Saturday coming to you from outside of Tiger Stadium from 12 until 1.30. Of course, get you ready for kickoff on CBS at 2.30. You can leave it right there on WJTV, the CBS affiliate down in Jackson. As always, a live thread will be going on the board inside the Rebels and Rebs 24-7, an affiliate of 24-7 Sports. We'll have pregame video for you, Jared Redding and I. We'll be on site to get you plenty of pregame and postgame information, and we'll always have that postgame video for you as well. Excited about the game this Saturday down in Baton Rouge. Ole Miss is going to get all at once for sure. And uh, excited to have Leah Van of the Advocate down in Baton Rouge join us here on the program and break down everything LSU. Leah does a great job covering the Tigers for the Advocate. Hope you had a chance to download and um, listen to the podcast with Shea Hodge. And also with Mike Espy, that happened earlier in the week. It's on the podcast network. And we've received some great feedback from that. So if you haven't had a chance, go back and listen to it. Be sure to subscribe and rate, review the podcast, however you get your podcast: Apple, Spotify, Google Play. We're very grateful that you download and listen to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast right here on the Believe Network. I want to thank our sponsor today coming to you from the Debbie Johnson Studio. Debbie is our real estate agent. She can be yours today. Give her a call at 662-689-0090. Also thankful for our sponsorship with Bet Online. Bet Online, where the game starts, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Head on over to Bet Online today. Use your mobile device and make your very first sports bet. Use the promo code BLEAVE, B-L-E-A-V, Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Here's Leah Van as we break down the LSU Tigers right here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, part of the Believe Network. Today 
Today's show is brought to you in part by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan favorite Vegas Casino and Poker Games. It's really easy to get started. Just head on over to the website, use your mobile device, and sign up today. Use our promo code Believe50, B L E A V 50, and receive your 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit but online where the game starts today's show is brought to you in part by realtor debbie aldison johnson if you're looking for a spot in the oxford area or quite frankly anywhere in mississippi that is your go-to remember real estate industry since 2003 looking for that special ag property maybe a recreational property maybe a commercial real estate property or a new home Uh, debbie does a great job and can be your real estate agent today just contact her directly at 662-234-5555 of course that's a member of the kessinger real estate family kessingerrealestate.com and debbie has been with them for quite a few years if you need to get her directly just dial her cell phone at 662 689-0090. Remember, your go-to for real estate, whether it be commercial, farm, or maybe you need that home. Maybe you need that second home in Oxford. You're looking maybe to relocate to Oxford. Part of the real estate family, the Kessinger Real Estate family. Debbie Johnson, your realtor, 662-234-5555. Or call her cell phone at 662-689-0090. Debbie Johnson, a proud sponsor here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. It is a place which exerts an extraordinary pull on all who have walked its hallowed ground. Thousands come each year, and yet no one ever really leaves. Ole Miss is for life. A major university with the familiar intimacy of family. Friendships that are more than friendships. Moments that are more than moments. An autumn celebration on a Saturday afternoon in the Grove. Contests waged and triumphs savored. With our largest freshman class, soaring honors college, national reputation for academics and research, our pride is overflowing. Today, more than ever, for all who have ever called this magical place home, you never leave Ole Miss. Welcome back to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Want to be a part of the program? Just email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Whether it's touchdown Ole Miss or showers and right, it's all Ole Miss all the time. And now back to the show. And welcome back to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network. Excited to have Leah Van. She is with the uh, the advocate over in Baton Rouge and covers the LSU football program in all sports across LSU. But today we're talking about LSU as the number seventh ranked Ole Miss Rebels going into an unranked team against LSU in Tiger Stadium. 
but yet the Tigers are favored. We'll get into that matchup here in just a moment. Leah, thanks very much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Looking at this LSU team, brand new coach, uh, Brian Kelly, of course, out of uh, Notre Dame. It, it's been an interesting ride. I mean, now I think that LSU uh, lost to Tennessee in Tiger Stadium, not quite uh, as, as dramatic as we thought with Tennessee beating uh, Alabama this past week. But the game against Florida last week, Leah, it really felt like LSU's taking the next step. Yes, I I think so. And it seemed like this was the first time where the offense really came together for LSU. Um, everything was clicking. And even like some of those star wide receivers that we've been hearing about all season, uh, you know, Kayshawn Booty being the number one guy and then Malik Neighbors. It seemed like and then Josh Williams, the running back, even had a breakout game for first hundred yard game in his career. So it felt like that was clicking on all cylinders. The run defense was still a little rough, especially against a team that runs the ball really well, and that's going to be the main focus against Ole Miss because Ole Miss also runs the ball really well. Um, But, yeah, LSU seemed to clean things up except for special teams. Once again, uh, Florida kind of got an extra possession there, which was ultimately something that kind of bit LSU in the butt uh, against Tennessee. I mean, Right off the bat, muff punt, give Tennessee favorable field position. They score a touchdown. Very next, like after the very uh, after another offensive drive by LSU, they punt the ball after going three and out, and all of a sudden they get a fifty-eight yard punt return. So then Tennessee, you know, results in another touchdown. So um, special teams has really been something that this team has struggled with, and they continued to struggle against Florida. So that's something that also we're going to be looking for. But all in all, the offense looked so much better, and it seemed to kind of find its rhythm, unlike it has in other games. Yeah, I want to rewind just for a moment. A close loss to Florida State to open the season up. Jane Daniels, obviously, we've seen him grow considerably, not only as a runner, but a passer, specifically over last week against Florida. He looked really well throwing the football. But fast forward from Florida State, the progression there to Mississippi State, beating a a team we're not sure how good Mississippi State is. But, Lee, at the time, uh, Mississippi State, we thought, may have a much brighter future than they have, winning that game 31-16. What did you take away from the loss to Florida State, the progression and the the win against Mississippi State at that point in the season? Yeah, you know, um, the Florida State loss, I think what was cool about, like, what was good about Jaden Daniels is there were a lot of plays where it was – third and long and he was able to make something out of nothing right um but then you go to the other end of that um the difference between Jane Daniels at Florida State and the Jane Daniels at Florida this past weekend is he's getting a little bit more comfortable um seeing those progressions and finding his wide receivers on deeper routes and not just necessarily throwing it away to or to someone kind of in the flats and that's kind of what he's been doing is he's been fo- he's been throwing a lot to tight end Mason Taylor a true freshman and um you know everybody was like well how come you're not giving the ball to the big playmakers like Kayshawn Booty and all that stuff um Mississippi State game you know he still he looked better right and you know I think but I think actually his completion percentage was lower against Mississippi State but what won the game for LSU against Mississippi State was really the defense and um, they really were able to kind of limit that air raid offense that, you know, everybody finds so electric. And um, what, what's kind of the downfall of the air raid offense is you open yourself up to a lot of tackles for loss, especially when you're making those short passes out in the flats. So 
Um, I think that LSU kind of contained that really well. Mississippi State was able to run the ball pretty well against LSU, but um, ultimately, you know, LSU found enough of a rhythm. And Jaden ran a lot that game too. I think he had ninety, he had ninety three rushing yards, and that's again a kind of a product of him. Like, you know, he could have thrown the ball, but he decided to run it. And then we're now seeing his rushing yards kind of go down as he starts to get more comfortable with throwing the ball to some of those receivers. Let's take a look at the offense for a moment. You talked about wide receiver Keyshawn Booty. We we knew he he would be a focal point of this offense. What's really su- surprised, I don't know if surprise is the right word, but this impressed me is, is the play of sophomore receiver Brian Thomas Jr. and also Malik Neighbors. You know, I'd love your thoughts on this. Do you, is, is either one of those more of a vertical threat than the other? It feels like Booty's a guy that can kind of sit down and make some people miss. But it feels like watching this team that Thomas and neighbors could be much more vertical threats. Is, is that something too far-fetched? No. Um, and I've kind of been saying this about Brian Thomas is he's kind of this guy that everybody is sleeping on. Um, he's very athletic. He can jump like nobody believes. He has some roots in, the bas- in basketball. He actually was a basketball state champion before he ever won anything in football. Um, but he, you know, he's been kind of that deep threat that people forget about defenses, you know, forget about because they're all focused on booty. Um, and you know, he's really been instrumental in those kind of for like first and 10 or in getting that first down and then just kind of moving the chains or second and, you know, second and forever. He's, he's been kind of that guy that you go to on these long yardage downs um, so, yeah, he's been really making his way as a deep threat. Malik Neighbors operates in the slot, and he's the kind of guy that's really hard to tackle. He breaks he breaks a lot of tackles. Um, I think he was up there in, like, the top 10 wide receivers in the nation out of FBS teams as far as yards after catch per reception. So he's really aggressive. He also makes some, like, pretty acrobatic plays as well, like Brian Thomas. You know, Kayshawn has just kind of struggled here in the beginning. Um, I don't know if him and Jaden kind of had some chemistry problems or what, um, but he did find his groove kind of late, you know, this 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 weekend. But I think people are sleeping on Brian Thomas Jr. And Malik Neighbors, I think he's a little bit more well-known. He had a breakout season last year, especially with the absence of Kayshawn for the latter part of the year. Um, but, yeah, I think those two guys are certainly guys to watch. Offensive line, you know, when Daniels has stayed in the pocket, you know, what what are your thoughts on is there a decent pocket? I know Will Campbell, a freshman, has had some some accolades here lately, has played really well. Uh, you know, Miles Frazier's been around the program. He transferred in. Uh, Emory Jones, Jr., that right tackle. Who are some of the offensive linemen that uh, that have kind of kind of done a pretty good job or maybe some some reserves that you might see get some playing time on Saturday? Yeah, so right now LSU – offensive line is a little bit beat up they're missing that left guard Garrett Dellinger he actually played center in the very first game that did not go very well Charles Turner has since taken that position over and done a pretty good job um but yeah LSU has two freshmen playing tackle which is pretty rare as you know I mean especially in the SEC like you're really getting tested against the best like defensive ends in the nation um, and they've done a pretty good job. Will Campbell has really held his own as a true freshman. Emory Jones on the right side, he's done really well. Uh, the guard position, you'll see probably like Anthony Bradford at right guard and Miles Frazier, like you said, at left guard. Um, they've struggled a little bit on the interior. When you see, I mean, I think Jane Daniels has been sacked like five times in several games. And 
Um, most of those are coming from up the middle and like the B gaps. And so I think that, you know, this offensive line is still kind of working on its chemistry. You know, it's a bunch of guys who haven't really played next to each other very much. Um, and there will be some plays that the freshmen get beat, of course, but they've really been the most consistent piece of this offensive line throughout the season. Interesting stat, and, and I'm sure you probably know, know, know this, but a lot of the listeners may not. LSU left tackle will Campbell a freshman, the right tackle a freshman. Interestingly enough, over the last couple of games for Ole Miss, Micah Pettis. So four freshmen at the tackle position, not something you see very often in the SEC. From the LSU standpoint, are you surprised these two freshmen are starting right now? You know, I think, and I've asked like Brian Kelly about this several times because I think it's just, you know, you don't have a lot of options right now on the LSU roster. It's kind of like, this is what we have. And then also what Brian Kelly has said is like, these guys are mentally very tough, um, kind of beyond their years. They are able to get over, you know, if they, you know, they miss a block or they kind of botch something next play, they're ready. They get over it. Um, very physical guys and uh, Will Campbell can move his feet quite well. Emory Jones also played some basketball. So they're both like, they both kind of came right on campus ready and conditioned and just needed to kind of put on a little bit more weight and they were ready to go. And so, um, you know, they're both, I think, well, Will Campbell was a five-star. I think Emory Jones was a four-star and was a little bit less like of a kind of like, like kind of a more unexpected guy to take the spot that he has. Um, but they've certainly both done a really good job. Um, so yeah, it's surprising, but also like you look at what LSU has and there's just not a lot of guys with starting time. And then also it's just, um, you know, the size is a big deal. I mean, Will Campbell is six foot six, 300 pounds. I mean, that's kind of your ideal tackle. So that's, uh, yeah, that's what I would have to say. Running back room, uh, fairly loaded in my opinion I mean you look at what Josh Williams has done uh, Redshirt Jr you've got uh, John Emery uh, back the senior and then of course Noah Kane. Ole Miss and, and LSU this series has been one that, that's been you know it, it's been pretty close at times but LSU's kind of got the edge obviously the better program that sort of thing it seems like over the years LSU has found that running back that no one's really heard of that kind of goes off against Ole Miss is that someone like a Josh Williams that you might think could have a big game and and what are your thoughts on John Emery uh, coming back obviously after the, uh, the the suspension is he a full go I mean the game plan's kind of centered around him now is that kind of what you're thinking going into Saturday um, John Emery is full go. He's been kind of behind Josh Williams. Josh Williams has started the past three games since Armani Goodwin has been out with a hamstring injury. Armani Goodwin, um, they're going to see might actually return this week. And he's kind of, he was the guy that was starting at the beginning of the season. Um, but it's kind of been a running back by committee situation for LSU, especially with a shaky offensive line. Nobody's really dominated. It's not like having Tyrion Davis Price like they had last year or like a Leonard Fournette. And like Brian Kelly was kind of saying, like, you know, we don't have a Leonard Fournette, but we're just going to kind of roll with what we have. And they certainly have a lot of different options, which is good. You know, Noah Payne is very experienced. He's had a couple of really long uh, runs this season. John Emery has uh, done really well as a, like, also as a receiving target. Um, and, you know, he's still kind of getting back, right, because he hadn't played in, like, two years. So he's kind of, he's been, you know, going in the games, but he hasn't been, you know, I, he hasn't had a breakout moment, right? So he's done well, but 
he hasn't really had like measured up to kind of what was expected of him when he arrived on campus. Uh, Armani Goodwin is really good, kind of up the up the middle. He's a really good kind of break your ta- break and tackles kind of guy. And Josh Williams is really just this versatile guy. He got his start as a walk on at LSU. And what he did was he kind of took on every job that nobody else wanted to do, playing special teams, working on uh, pass protection as a running back, and ultimately earned a spot to start playing. And then all of a sudden this year he's a starter. Um, so he's what so interesting about him and what Brian Kelly, you know, actually gave him the game ball for against Florida is the fact that he is really physical and really able to help with pass protection, especially when you have young freshmen playing tackles. He's able to hold his own as a kind of a really tiny guy up against these big defensive ends. He has a lot of leverage. He's really athletic. Um, And so Josh Williams is kind of like this secret weapon, and it's not necessarily always going to result in, you know, a bunch of yards. Um, But he's kind of this guy that just really strengthens the offense and adds some stability. Defensively, you know, no no surprise here. Ole Miss is going to try to come in and run the football a number of reasons. Number one, they've been pretty successful last week against Auburn. Three rushers over 100 yards. Secondly, I expect Tiger Stadium to be an absolute zoo on Saturday. It always is for the Ole Miss game, and it really it really will be with Ole Miss coming in uh, highly ranked. And uh, I expect Ole Miss to try to get some semblance of a running game. You look at that LSU defense, 35 points given up to Florida, obviously 40 points to Tennessee. Both really good programs. Who's going to have to step up defensively for the Tigers on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, for LSU, they gave up 263 rushing yards against Tennessee, another one, uh, almost 200 yards against Florida. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's really kind of the weakness of this defense, and that's an everybody kind of thing. Um, the secondary has kind of been a um, has kind of done enough to limit um, damage, except against Tennessee, but. Um, you know, the linebackers have done really well, like Harold Perkins, the true freshman five-star guy. I mean, he's been really good at like the pass rush and stuff like that. Um, when it comes to like, running the ball, it's really going to be up to those interior guys. You know, LSU is missing Mason Smith from after that first game of the season. He tore his ACL. And so he's out. And Makai Wingo and Jaqueline Roy and a little bit of Jacoby and Gilroy have been operating in those interior spots. And then you've got Ollie Gay on uh, one side, and then you've got B.J. Ojolari, who's kind of the best defensive end on in a defensive captain on this team on the other. So really, like, it, I think it's really going to be up to those interior guys. Um, and then Ollie Gay has really not also, like, had the season that he expected. But, um, yeah, I think the defensive line is going to have to do a lot more work and Uh, cover up those gaps and I think when it comes to the linebackers you've got some good guys Uh, Micah Baskerville I think led the team in tackles last week Um, and he's the most experienced I think he's in his fifth year and then you've got Mike Jones who's also pretty experienced and he was the transfer from Clemson last year so um, you know it's just this is kind of the weakness like they're all like very good in the pass rush um, the secondary is pretty good. You know, it's DBU. They've got a bunch of transfers. You know, on the back end, you've got Greg Brooks, Joe Fouché. Um, Joe Fouché, you'll see a little bit more of this game. He's a safety. He operates better in run protection rather than pass protect. I mean, not run protection, but, you know, run defense rather than um, uh, pass defense. So you'll see a little bit of him pulling up kind of closer to um, where the linebackers are. And 
um, you know, kind of assisting in those tackles and stuff like that. But um, yeah, LSU also, I think what was a big problem last week was there was a lot of like trying to strip the ball from the quarterback trying, you know, and Brian Kelly was like, we need to go back to the fundamentals of just tackling. And there was a lot of, there were a lot of missed tackles and you can't, you can't do that, especially when you've got, you're going up against a team that can run the ball. So, um, you know, that's something that I think they're all going to work on. And that's really the point of the point of emphasis going into this weekend. Yeah. When you talk about transfer, you, the defensive backfield, you're talking about Colby Richardson, uh, Greg Brooks, Jr. Joe Fouché, uh, was that, uh, Micah Garner, uh, Jerry, Makai Garner, Garner, uh, Jerick, uh, Bernard Converse, all those transfers. Incredible amount of transfers yes. in the defensive backfield. Real quick, have have you seen those gel pretty well over the last couple of games? Has the communication been pretty good? You know, it's something that they've had to work on after the first game against Florida State, um, but it really has improved. Jarek Bernard Converse, actually, he's played corner and safety. You'll see him more uh, as a safety against like teams that pass the ball a lot, and he'll go back to corner like, for teams that run the ball a lot, especially with Joe Fouché returning. Um, he was suspended for a couple of games. But, yeah, Jarek has been the most versatile transfer um, on that defense. He's from Oklahoma State. He's just very, you know, he's um, he's played a little bit of everything. And so he really strengthens that defense back there in the communication. Greg Brooks has also been as advertised. You know, I think he, was four, he played four years at Arkansas, and he had kind of the game-sealing interception against Auburn. So he's a really good safety for them. Uh, you know, Joe Fouché has been a little bit like slower to come on just because he had to miss a couple of games. But, you know, they said in practice, a lot of the players have said in practice that he's been really tough on the scout team to play against. So, um, yeah, I mean, Colby Richardson's kind of been this unexpected surprise. He has been beat on a couple of big plays. And that's another thing that LSU needs to work on this week is giving up those big chunk plays. Um, but Colby Richardson, I think he's from McNeese. Um, so it's kind of, it's a big jump for him. And he really like won that competition to earn a spot at corner, which I think is really impressive. And um, so, yeah, it's like kind of this makeshift. We got a bunch of guys from a bunch of different schools and we're just going to try to see and make it work and move the pieces around like a different, like a puzzle. And so, so far it's worked out, you know, obviously they've gotten beaten a couple things, but um, yeah, I think all in all, Makai Garner, also a very physical corner. Um, he's a big guy too. Um, and he came from UL, so he was, uh, he got to play his old head coach last weekend. Um, he's been really, he's probably the best coverage guy that LSU has right now. And the interesting part is, is LSU's playing a team that is absolutely a transferred team. And so that's going to, that's going to be fascinating to watch. One quick thing, and you pointed this out. And I've been thinking about this. You talked about Ali Gay and coming into the season, seemed to be you know on a, some NFL radars, and we've seen some lists and that sort of thing. You talked about him not having the season that he wished he could have had. I think Ojolari has played really well across the the way over at the Jack uh, position. But what, in your opinion, is the reason that, that Gay has struggled? Has it been you know obviously it could have been an injury? Is it just been just he hasn't had a very good? Uh, did he have a good fall camp? I mean, what, what do you think is going on there? Yeah, we don't know. We're kind of, I'm kind of been trying to figure that out. Um, you know, he has been injured almost every season leading up to this one. This is like the first time he's been healthy for like a full season so far. 
Um, so I don't know if maybe he kind of lost some experience out of that situation. Um, but yeah, I think it could be just another one of those things where, you know, he's just kind of going to have, we're kind of waiting on him to break out, you know, and have a good game. And, um, I think he's just getting beat or he's just being, he's just, he's not getting, uh, he's not quick enough. So, um, you know, I, I expect that he'll get better. I just like, don't, I don't, I think we've all been kind of surprised by his performance so far. And BJ Ojolari, we all knew was going to have a strong season. He was, um, he kind of started, um, breaking out last year and he's that if for fans who don't know, He's kind of that standing defensive end. He's like this hybrid uh, linebacker defensive end. They call it the jack position on LSU's defense. So he will not only like operate as a pass rusher, but he also can drop back into coverage. And so he's a very versatile guy, whereas Ollie's just kind of focused on the pass rush and, uh, you know, being your typical defensive end. So, um, yeah, the, I, I don't really know what's going on with Ollie, but I think that, you know, he's still a leader on this team and, He's going to probably figure it out. Before we let you go, I'd love your thoughts on the game. I know you you followed this LSU program the entire year, and I know you've kind of probably kept an eye on Ole Miss as well. What are your thoughts going into Saturday? What does LSU do uh, to, to, to knock off this top 10 ranked Ole Miss team? Yeah, I think stopping the run is going to be um, really a key for LSU. And then I also think they're going to have to be consistent with the offense and try to have the kind of game it had against Florida. I mean, they really need to capitalize on their opportunities. Jaden Daniels needs to continue to find his receivers and take advantage of the plays that they're capable of making. Um, And that that offensive line also needs to protect him a little bit better. And, um, you know, I think it'll be an interesting game for sure. And to avoid something like Tennessee, you got to start off fast. And that's something that LSU has struggled with. You know, I think Florida got off, to start with a touchdown in the game. And, you know, that really sets the tone. I know that LSU was able to overcome that. And LSU has kind of gotten behind a lot of its victories and then kind of come back. I think when you're playing a top 10 team, you can't get away with that. You need to start off fast. You cannot give up extra possessions on special teams. Um, This is, you know, this is a step higher than what they've been playing. And so I think they need to cling some things up and be able to, um, you know, to be able to come out on top. She's Leo Van, covers LSU baseball and football for the advocate in Baton Rouge, kind enough to give us a few minutes today. Uh, be sure and follow her on Twitter. She's at LVan underscore sports, LVan underscore sports on Twitter, and does a fantastic job covering this LSU football program. Leah, thanks very much for joining us today. Look forward to seeing you in Baton Rouge. Thanks.
listening to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. Be sure and check us out on Twitter at BradLoganCOTE and at Believe Podcasts, as well as Facebook, Brad Logan Media. From the vault to the pavilion to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss all the time. This has been the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network.